0: Hello, this is Monica Reinagel. Thanks for tuning in to the Nutrition Diva podcast. Our theme this whole month is healthy habits, and today I'm talking with behavioral economist and author Dan Ariely. You've probably heard his name. He's written several books, including his 2008 bestseller, Predictably Irrational, The Hidden Forces That Shape Our Decisions, and his much more recent title, Dollars and Cents, How We Misthink Money and How to Spend Smarter. So we've got Plenty of fodder right there for your New Year's resolutions. Dan Ariely teaches now at Duke University, and he's also the founder of the Center for Advanced Hindsight. I'll say that again, Center for Advanced Hindsight. I love the name of that center. And that same sense of humor makes his books as fun to read as they are insightful and helpful. So welcome to the show, Dan.
1: Lovely to be here.
0: So You've spent your career trying to understand and trying to explain to the rest of us why we insist on making choices that are clearly not in our best interests, things like buying lottery tickets or selling our stocks when they lose value, and of course, eating things that we know are going to keep us from looking and feeling the way we want to. And in fact, your latest project has to do with helping people lose weight and get healthier. And to help people do this, you recently introduced a bathroom scale called Shapa. And the interesting thing about this scale is that it doesn't tell you what you weigh. You want to explain kind of what you were thinking here?
1: Yes. So first of all, let me add to the list of things that uh, we do in all kind of uh, irrational, predictable ways is that I, in my sins own the Bitcoin, one whole Bitcoin, <laughs> and, and when it reached ten thousand dollars, I said it can't possibly go any higher, and I sold it. And it was good, right? <laughs> and one of the things I've been unable to do in the last month is to keep on checking, <laughs> <laughs> even though it's not going to affect you anymore. So it's not going to affect me. I I lost. I I sold my one Bitcoin. I made an amazing profit in percentages, but you know I can't. I can't just avoid testing. It's like having a, a tooth that is about to fall, and every time you touch it, it, it pains you. But I, I, I experience this pain daily, daily. Anyway.
0: Well, I don't know if that's reassuring or even more distressing that you also suffer from the same irrational impulses that the rest of us does do. But uh, tell us a little bit about the shape of scale.
1: Yeah. So so Nati and I um, wanted to uh, try to help people lose, lose weight. And Fair enough. And we said, okay, let's let's think about how social scientists would approach it. And the first thing was to realize that we have a lot of cues around the world, our house, the office, uh, for unhealthy stuff, right? If you think about your house, how many things remind you about health and how many things remind you about non-healthy? And the reality is that most of this stuff is about non-healthy, right? Most of it is food and, uh, you know, you have, some, you have some vegetables in the refrigerator, but most of the, the things that are reminders are reminders of consumption of food they're not reminders of health. Um, okay. You know, gym equipment is, is an exception, of course. Um, and we said, okay, the bathroom scale is a really good place. The bathroom scale reminds us about health and it's a really good place at home. Like, you know, people give you two square feet of their home, take it. okay so we said okay let's start by trying to figure out the bathroom scale and can we improve it and then we said okay what do we know about the bathroom scale and we know three things the first thing we know is that it's a really good idea to stand on the bathroom scale every morning Uh, it's not so good to stand in the evening (laughs) And, and the reason is not because we weigh a bit more we do but the reason is that if we stand in the morning this little ritual reminds us that we want to be healthy. It's almost like a commitment, like a reminder. I want to be healthy, and then people eat a little bit less for breakfast. If you step on the scale at night, you just go to bed, and by the morning, it's over. So so we want to get people to step on the scale every morning. The the second thing we know is that weight fluctuates a lot. Weight can fluctuate a few pounds a day. For people who are obese, it can fluctuate, in our data, up to 10 pounds a day, people Mm who are morbidly obese. Now, think about this fluctuation. It does two things. The first one is what we call gain aversion. In in financial decision-making, we have something called loss aversion. A day that you lose $1,000 is really miserable. A day you win $1,000 is happy, but it doesn't make up for it. In financial terms, you would need to make about $2,000 for every $1,000 you lose to make you psychologically neutral. Hmm. In weight, of course, it's the opposite. Mm -hmm. Imagine somebody who doesn't change their weight on average, but it goes up and down by two pounds. Days when your weight goes up by two pounds are really miserable, affects your mood. Days your weight go down by two pounds are happy, but they don't make up for it. So on average, even if you don't increase your weight, but you just fluctuate, the experience is negative. Interesting. And what do people do? They just don't like stepping on the scale. That's right. You know, when we, when we ask people like, how many of you enjoy stepping on the scale, very few people describe it as a useful process. It's something they enjoy.
0: Well, what we've noticed is that uh, when people feel like they've maybe drifted away from their intentions, then they are very unwilling to step on the scale because they don't want to get that bad feedback.
1: That's right. And and the fluctuation basically gets you to have bad feedback, even when it's not really bad. Right, right. And, and that's the third point. And the third point is that people expect their body to react very quickly. People say, I've been on a diet for a whole day. I started <laughs> yesterday morning. I ate nothing but salad. I went for a run a whole day. And now the next day you stand up on a scale and nothing good happened. And, and the reality is that the body takes about 10 days, sometimes two weeks to react. But our mental model is that things should be much faster. It almost violates the laws of physics. You say, I haven't put any food in. Like, why, why, is my, why is my weight not going down? So, imagine somebody who's been on a diet for three days and they step on the scale on the fourth day and the weight went up by 0.4 pounds. Now, the reality is just noise. It's just that they peed a little bit less or they had a little bit too much salt and the results wouldn't show up in 10 days. But it's demotivating, it's demotivating and depressing. So we said, okay, let's, let's take these, these facts. The fluctuation in weight are destructive. They create gain aversion, and they're demotivating and frustrating and confusing. But stepping on the scale is a good thing because you could, you could tell people, oh, step on the scale every week. But that's not helping with the daily ritual. Mm-hmm. So we said, let's separate the act of stepping on the scale from the act of getting feedback. And let's create a scale with no display and get people to step up on the scale. And if they step on it in the morning, we say, congratulations, you've done your job. And then on top of that, we do want to give people feedback, but we give it to them as a running average of the last three weeks. And if you think about the running average of the last three weeks, it basically takes away the noise. Now, the other thing we decided to do was to say, look, in health, we almost never celebrate nothing bad happened. Right? Mm-hmm. The reality is if for a whole year you didn't gain weight, amazing news. It's a man and a big victory. Big victory. But but we don't celebrate that. Mm-hmm. So we said, let's not report things in pounds. Let's give people the feedback in a five-point feedback mechanism. Nothing is changing. You're just the same. You're within one standard deviation. Slightly better, slightly worse, much better, much worse. And and the realization we had was that what we really want information. It's not for historical accuracy, but it's for, to, understand, to help people understand the relationship between cause and effect. Here are the things you've done. Here is the effect it has on your body. And if it has a delayed effect, what you want to do is to aggregate it. You don't want to show people the data all the time because it's just confusing. You want to give it at the granularity and at the way that is actually compatible with what, what people do. Now, up to now, everything I told you is just ideas. They're rooted in, in good behavioral economics and psychology and so on, but, but we tested it. So we, we went to a call center and we wanted to test it with people who are relatively low income and relatively obese. You know, it's easy to change the behavior of people who are really mo- motivated. So we wanted to take a difficult population from that perspective. And we gave some people a regular, the regular scale and those people gain a little bit of weight every month. Every month, they just gain about 0.3% of their body weight. And then we gave the majority our scale, and those people lost on average 0.7% of their body weight every month. Mm-hmm. Now, think about what it means. It means that if you look at something as ordinary as the bathroom scale, from a social science perspective, and you analyze what about it works and what about it doesn't work, you can make it into a really useful mechanism all of a sudden. And that's exactly what we managed to do.
0: Well, I have to tell you, Dan, when I read about Shapa this week, I just about fell out of my chair, and I'll tell you why <laughs> I run a little program that focuses on slow, sustainable weight loss. And for this program, we actually designed a little app for people to track their weight. And it's not nearly as fancy as what you've done with Shapa. You still actually have to get on a scale and enter your weight into the app. But once you do enter it, the way we've designed it is the number disappears from view, mm-hmm. and instead, what the log shows you, Every week is whether your weight is trending up, down, or staying the same based on your moving average. And I can't tell you how validating it was (laughs) to see somebody like Dan Ariely endorsing what a lot of people thought was a very crazy approach. But just as you have seen with Shepa, this has been kind of revolutionary for the people that we work with. And I think part of it, and tell me if you agree, is that taking the focus away from where you are and focusing on which direction you're heading seems to help people stay motivated especially if they have a long way to go
1: that's 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 absolutely right so so there are a couple of things so one thing is that the numbers are really uh, confusing and creating stress sure and so on there's also as a woman you have an extra a uh, confusing element
0: mm-hmm.
1: so uh, imagine that you're on your menstrual cycle and that you gain two pounds should the scale tell you that you gain two pounds the answer is you know Yes and no. I mean, you've gained two pounds, right? From a physical perspective, you're a little heavier, but it doesn't help you understand the relationship between what you do and what the outcomes are. Yeah. Like imagine somebody who's gaining some weight because of their menstrual cycle. What are they supposed to do? They're supposed to say, oh, I've gained a little bit. Is it because of my menstrual cycle or is it because I've been eating 10 days ago? I ate a little bit too much. Yeah. It's just a very hard mental exercise. So so we think that this measure is actually really, really hard. So, so there's a couple of things there. One of them is that uh, I think what you would have liked to do in your app is exactly what we're doing, right? That people don't have to enter it themselves, that they don't see it. And then we just focus on where we're headed. What's the relationship yeah. between what we do and the impact? Because this is really, this is really the thing. Uh, it's about I, I stopped eating dessert when does it show up?
0: right? Well, by so tomorrow, it? right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no <laughs> and then people conclude that whatever they are doing isn't working and they stop and then it becomes very counterproductive yeah. but you know I think another insight is that um, because yeah our, our users do actually have to engage with the number every day when they put it into the app and then we try to shift their attention elsewhere but but I think that this also ends up taking some of the emotional power out of that number because a lot of us Really have gotten have a lot of baggage about our weight. And the number itself takes on sort of outsized significance. And this practice of, you know, focusing on the trend, focusing on the moving average, you know, it kind of helps people see that data in a whole new way. And in a way, kind of makes it less provocative and less they they become less reactive to that number because they have something, another way to measure their progress. I,
1: I want to tell you something in the in the first version of, of our app, in the experiment I just described to you, there was no weight. There was no place to look at it in pounds. Mm-hmm. And lots of people came back to us and said, but I want it, but I <laughs> want it. you know it's it these are people who lost lots of weight. It was very successful, but they said, but I want to know the, the pounds. Sure. Yeah. So, so we're doing an experiment now when there there's a there's an experiment in which we will show people their their weight in pounds. It would not be on the front page. Like you would have to look at it for it, uh-huh. and it would show you two numbers. It would show you the average of the first ten days user app, and the average of the last ten days. Uh-huh. So it would give you something in pounds, but it would try to take away this this variance. Exactly. So we'll people kind yeah. of a general sense, and we'll see if this is actually helpful or or not. But but the sense of curiosity seem to be uh, very strong even when people know it's uh, not the right number to look at. So knowing
0: what it is about human nature that, that might make this helpful, are, are there any other ways that we could apply those same insights about human nature to help us get closer to other goals or get out of our own way?
1: In general, we, we tend to focus too much, I think, on the outcome. And what we need to do is we need to create rules that help people feel good about themselves, if they've taken the wrong, the right steps rather than got the right outcome. At some point, you'll get the right outcome. Right? Think about the student. If a student is studying well, right? One, your kid is, is studying well for an exam, it doesn't matter how they did on the exam. You want to reward studying well. Mm-hmm. Right? If one day your kid really studied well for the exam and the exam was extra hard or uh, focused on something that they, they were not as expert on, you still want to reward them. Because you say, I want to reward good study habits. Mm -hmm. In the long term, that's what will help. Right. And in lots of things in health, I think we want to move to that approach of basically focusing on the right behavior, creating rules, creating habits, focusing on the behavior and not getting people to feel good or bad just based on the outcome.
0: And letting the outcomes kind of take care of themselves.
1: Yes, that's right.
0: Well, Dan, I I want to thank you for sharing your insights into our crazy brains and also for all of the ways that you are helping us to make better choices through all of your different projects and books. There's more information about the scale at shapea.me, And Dan's website is danarielli.com, where you can also learn about his books. And we'll have links to both of those on our show notes for today. Thanks again for joining me, Dan.
1: Thank you very much.
0: And thanks to all of you for listening. Show notes for today are at nutritiondiva.quickanddirtytips.com, where you'll also find a complete archive of all 461 Nutrition Diva episodes. And if there's something that you'd like to hear about that's not in that archive, let me know. I'd love to do a show for you. The best place to find me is on the Nutrition Diva Facebook page, where we also do regular live broadcasts, where I and my guests answer your health and nutrition questions live. You can check our events tab for upcoming times or follow the page and you'll see those in your notifications. And now have a great week and remember to eat something good for me.